0: Every work team has moments of conflict and dysfunction. Sometimes productive conflict is a necessary part of wrestling through big ideas to get to the best possible outcome, but sometimes our teams become mired in conflict that is entirely avoidable because it's based in vastly different communication styles or different motivations and misunderstandings. Enter the Enneagram. The Enneagram offers not only self-awareness, but also curiosity and deeper understanding of others. I teach the Enneagram and consult with teams to improve their communication styles, conflict effectiveness and self-leadership, all of which foster highly engaged and high-performing teams. During a recent team event, I heard over and over, this just makes so much sense when they looked around the room and saw who was fitting within each type. And now I know why this person asked so many questions. or. This depersonalizes some of the conflict we've been having because I can tell we're just coming from different perspectives. So now that we know where we are, we can see how we can get aligned. So if you're looking for ongoing support or simply considering an engaging introspective module for your team's offsite or event, let's talk reach out to the 9types team at hello at ninetypes.co or schedule a one-on-one consultation with me on my website, ninetypes.co. And now, on to the show. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Enneagram in Real Life, a podcast where we apply our Enneagram knowledge in our daily lives. I'm your host, Steph Baron hall and on this episode, we're going to be talking about relationship deal breakers. However, this episode is a little bit different because I will be sharing the audio of a YouTube video. I recently have started recording YouTube, and it's been a really fun and creative project to experiment with. And so, This episode actually isn't quite out yet on YouTube. It will be out on Thursday, but I hope you enjoy the audio of this episode. So there are other videos there. If you are interested, you can check out my YouTube channel in the show notes and be sure to to check back on Thursday for the video of this episode. So without further ado, here we have Relationship Deal Breakers by Enneagram Type. Today, we're gonna be talking about Oh no no's or relationship deal breakers by Enneagram type. Hi, I'm Steph. I talk about the Enneagram and any adjacent things. And in this video, I'll be talking about relationship deal breakers. Now we all have them. We all have these things that we think, oh, if somebody does X, it's over. It's on the oh no no list. And really this concept came from watching Parks and Rec or Parks and Recreation. And there's an episode called Sweet 16 in which Aziz Ansari's character, Tom Haverford, is dating Rashida Jones' character, Anne. And Tom and Anne have very different values in terms of what's really important to them in life. So Tom has a lot of things that are pretty shallow. Later on in the seasons, we get to see a little bit more depth from him, but especially in this episode, the things that are on his oh-no-no no list are things like not liking the same thread count sheets that he likes or not liking 90s R&B, things like that. So those are the things that are on his oh-no-no no list, his relationship deal breakers, Right. But Anne doesn't really care about that kind of stuff that much. And so they, they kind of get to this point in their relationship where they do continue to fake that they're in a relationship for a while, but it's clear that they don't have aligned values. And so I thought it would be fun to talk about each Enneagram type and what's on their Oh No No list, their relationship deal breakers. And To do this, I actually asked people on Instagram if they would share theirs, so I got tons of responses, and I'm going to go through them by each Enneagram type, but before I do, I want to give this big caveat up front. Regardless of Enneagram type, we all have some similarities, right, because we all appreciate humans who are kind, who have integrity, who are respectful toward us and toward others. One of the big oh no no's across all relationships, which I heavily agree with as somebody who has worked as a server and in retail and as a bartender, big oh no no for me is being rude to wait staff or just being short with them or kind of acting entitled. That, no we're not doing it. And actually, my husband worked as a barista. And so he kind of has that same perspective as well. I think if you have ever worked in that sort of a job, you know how difficult it can be and how frustrating it is when people treat you like you're about this big, like you're not a human. So a lot of us on Instagram shared, yeah, if somebody's rude to wait staff or or service staff, that's going to be a no, no, no. And I really value that my husband and I both share this experience of working in that sort of a job because we can really feel what it's like to be on the other side and it gives you kind of good life experience so um that's a a yes yes from me anyway. The other thing that I've noticed is that a lot of us really can't tolerate things that we that annoy us in ourselves when we see them in other people. I think that those things can come up a lot, and you'll actually hear those in these responses as we go through them today. Also, by the end of the video today, you're going to hear about three ways you can work on your relationship if you do commit these oh-no-no's, because guess what? We all kind of do them to some extent, and so I'm going to give you some tips on how to navigate that with your relationship, and let's get into it. So let's start with type eight. If you don't know why I'm starting with type eight, make sure you watch my previous video. So the main idea with eights is that they can't stand a partner who relies on them too much. Um, Sometimes unhealthy eights do wanna control other people, but a lot of the time, eights are just don't control me. And they don't really like to have that sense of um, having to carry all the weight for everyone else. Eights tend to carry a lot of weight in general, and they just want somebody who is an equal, who will show up fully to the relationship just like they will. They also can't deal with somebody who's inauthentic or untrustworthy because it tells them, oh, betrayal is right up the road. So here are the oh no no's for type eight. Not aligning with my values, needing constant leadership for me, avoiding or dancing around the truth. No sense of loyalty, disrespecting me in front of others, being controlling, unwillingness to put forth effort towards something or toward moving forward, constant indecisiveness, and not being able to let their guard down around this person because they seem untrustworthy or for other reasons. Um, a lot of the time too with eights, it's just a vibe check thing. It's like a gut check. What does my gut tell me about this person? Can I trust them or not? And a lot of the time they're right. All right, type nine. So the main idea for nines is that they can't stand being with somebody who drains their energy by disrupting this peaceful, harmonious life that they've really built for themselves. They want love and acceptance just as much as they give it. And nines can be very loving and kind and warm. And I think sometimes people think that, oh, they just exude that. Maybe They assume I don't need to give it back, but it's really important to give it back as well. But remember that nines do not wanna be pushed around. Just because they seem easygoing and they can be very easygoing doesn't mean that it's okay to disrespect their autonomy. So that's really important. So for nines, the oh no no's are judgmental toward things I enjoy, having a complete disregard for others, withholding the truth to protect my feelings, being overly pushy, especially if I don't wanna do something. And I've heard this one from a lot of nines In particular, um, when people think, oh, I can change their mind, they don't hold this opinion that strongly. That's a big frustration for nines. Not treating everyone the same, like unfairness in general, is a really off-putting thing for nines. Excessively talking more than they listen. Intentionally seeking out conflict or riling things up. Dismissive of them and others. And being draining to be around. Those are the key points that nines sent in when I asked this on Instagram. So let's move on to type one. The main idea for ones is that they can't stand when people lack conscientiousness and consideration. Now, I recently read this book, The Perfectionist Guide to Losing Control by Katherine Morgan Schaffler, and I really like it. Um, And one thing that she does in this book is she talks about five different types of perfectionists. Now, I don't really love the moniker perfectionist for ones. A lot of different people can be perfectionists and not all ones identify with that. But in this book, she has this quote that I think is really, really apt for the way that ones um, move through the world um, and the way that they are really conscientious about how they show up, um, especially in regard to their relationships. So the quote says, and this is on page seven, if you want to read it, they aren't trying to be impressive or distance themselves as much as they're trying to offer to others what they most value themselves, structure, consistency, predictability, and understanding of all the options so as to make an informed choice high standards objectivity clarity through organization so I think this is really helpful and really important because um, sometimes people accuse ones of being needlessly judgmental and I actually think it comes from this place of wanting to offer this sense of structure and thoroughness and being really detailed in in particular ways I think that's what they're coming from and they're wanting to offer that to others because that's what they really want in return so, With that said, here are the oh no no's that ones submitted on Instagram. Not taking responsibility for their share of duties, complete lack of communication, being inconsiderate, disrespecting something I value deeply, lacking integrity, being overly critical, being reckless for the sake of being a rule breaker, like just needlessly reckless, like, oh, I just love to rebel, so I'm going to do this. Ones don't really like that a lot. Um, Lack of commitment forcing me to act as a parent in the relationship because of their carelessness. Those are all really frustrating for ones because ones often feel like they have to be the adult in the room. And the thing about rules is ones do like rules a lot of the time, but they like to make sure that they make sense. Sometimes they're accused of just following all the rules, and I don't find that's the case. I think ones make and follow rules that make sense to them. All right. Now we have our heart types. Type two The main idea is actually similar to ones. Twos can't stand when others lack consideration for others, but for ones, it's because they're really focused on doing what's right and appropriate, whereas for twos, the emphasis is more on uh, making others feel good and having a positive rapport. Twos give a lot, and they can't stand when others take them for granted or take advantage of their kindness. For example, a two could get really frustrated if they feel like everyone is constantly just like, oh, they'll do it. They'll do it. They'll say yes. Like, I can always ask them. And then there is no reciprocity. That word, reciprocity, is a huge thing for twos. And it's not always in, like, you bring me a casserole and I bring one back. Like, I'm just using that silly stereotype because twos are so annoyed with hearing that. But it's actually... um, checking in on each other. Hey, how are you doing? Are you having a good day? Hey, can I grab your coffee? Hey, can I um, encourage you or support you in any way? Like what positive relational factors do you need? That's a big thing for twos. So these are the things that twos submitted on Instagram. Not being kind to those I care about, blatant selfishness, being inconsiderate toward those who are doing their best to help, seeming cold and uninterested in connection, being unfairly critical without acknowledging my hard work, unreciprocated kindness, dismissing me or others as we are, complete lack of gratitude and taking advantage of me. So all of those things are Oh no, no's for twos. Let's move on to type three. Now I already told you a little bit of one for three. And the main idea here is that threes just can't stand when others slow them down, undermine or embarrass them. And of course, threes do need to reevaluate where their worth comes from. But that's not something that can be superimposed from the outside because it just becomes another thing that they can fail at. It needs to be an invitation. It needs to be part of their inner work process. Um, so I would say encouragement can be helpful. And this next thing is really important, which is in my experience, I've experienced a lot of shame around having very normal emotional reactions to things. And so making a three feel weird for showing emotion can be a huge, oh, no, no, or turnoff. And actually the most important thing for threes in their inner work is learning to be with those difficult emotions. That's crucial. And that's the thing that will actually help them to move out of that. I have to be busy. I have to be hustling and doing something all the time into a more calm or, you know, able to feel calm and, and worthy as they are space. So These are the other things that threes submitted on Instagram, unpredictable or explosive emotions, believing the worst about themselves, others, and the world, being dishonest, being unwilling to take ownership of their actions, carelessness around the reputation I work hard to uphold. And that one's important because threes care a lot about the image that they project. Sometimes we need to let go of it, um, but sometimes it can be a helpful thing too. Um, Intentionally holding me back from making progress. Complete lack of recognition of my hard work, not having goals or a sense of direction of their own. Like threes really love it when they're doing a project with somebody or, or working towards something together. Um, that feels really connecting, I think, for a lot of threes. So they like to be with somebody who has a vision for themselves. And then assuming they know me based on superficial things, like based on what you see on the outside and saying, oh, you're like this. That's a big deal breaker for a three. Okay. Time for type four. The main idea for fours is that they can't stand when others won't go into the depths with them. Whether they are working through an issue or just getting to know you, they want someone who will dive deep. Um, And if you are not, well, it's probably not going to last, especially if you're not willing to learn. So I think a lot of the time fours can have an understanding if you say, it's actually really hard for me to, to do that, to go there. That makes sense, I think, for fours because they're like, oh, thank you for telling me that. That actually is vulnerable. It's it's vulnerable for you to share with me that that's difficult for you. Um, if you're just unwilling to really go there, that can be more of a challenge and it can be really hard for the relationship to move past that point. Okay, so if we shared on Instagram, unwilling to invest time to work through issues, inconsistency between when we're together and when I'm not around, like having kind of a different personality or or saying things differently. Um, Somebody who doesn't value or appreciate for like creative beauty or nature, music, art, has no appreciation for those sorts of things, only talks about themselves or not engaging in mutual conversation, being judgmental without curiosity, Um, impatient with my emotional process, not allowing me to be my truest self, um, whether that's like shaming them or just kind of like Turning the conversation when they start talking about their truest self. Um, assigning thoughts, feelings, or attitudes to my behavior. That's a huge one for fours. They really don't like being told, oh, you must be feeling X. Um, that's really frustrating. And then takes up more space than I do. And this one, <laughs> the person who shared this one put a little like a uh, grimacing emoji because they're like, yeah, I know this one's not great. Um, So got to appreciate that as self-disclosure there. So th- those are the ones for fours. Let's move on to the mind types, head types. Type five is first. So the main idea is that fives can't stand intrusion. Um, it feels soul-sucking for them because they fear a sense of depletion and they want these deep conversations and mental exploration and they really don't enjoy pointless small talk, but they also don't wanna be asked a lot of personal questions, especially upfront, like asking a lot of their personal details. There has to be um, this commonality or Connection point, um, whether that's a specific topic or a specific sphere that you're both in, I think that can be really connecting for fives. Um, But fives enter relationships and are super loyal once they're in those relationships. So as long as you have good conversations and you respect their need for privacy, it's not like you're they're going to surprise you down the line with an oh no no. Normally, fives once they're in that relationship with somebody, they're in it. So these are the things that fives submitted on Instagram. Consistent surface level connection, controlling of my time and resources, unwillingness to discover or accept who I really am. And on this one, I think it's important to note that a lot of the time fives have felt really weird or bizarre growing up because they they feel like their minds work differently. They observe how everyone else functions and they're like, eh, that's just not how I kind of operate. So it's important for them to feel um, like they can be themselves. Um, it's important for them to feel At home in the relationship, not having an open, curious mind, having no sense of independence, being clingy or smothering, persistently violating my privacy, ignoring the truth and insisting on believing convenient untruths. So especially if they're like, well, the data says this and you're like, yeah, but this is how I feel or or this is what I want to do. Fives tend to have a difficult time with that. All right, type six. So the main idea for sixes is that they can't stand when people short circuit their processing of their concerns. So a lot of the time sixes like to think through and process through things. They always have something that they're, they're puzzling through in their minds. And sometimes people will, will jump in and be like, oh, that's really not gonna happen. And those interruptions might seem helpful to the outside person, but sixes get really frustrated with these because they make them feel more uncertain and insecure um, about why their brains constantly go to what could potentially happen um, or to that opposite case scenario of of what's actually happening. Also, many sixes can't stand somebody without a sense of humor. They use humor to get through life and um, they want somebody who's going to go there and laugh with them and kind of think it's funny. Oh, yeah, I do have this this dark concept of everything's going to fall apart. That can be like the lifeblood for a lot of sixes. So on Instagram, sixes said their no are being intolerant of my cautiousness and questions, not valuing honesty or transparency, not appreciating my humor, being unreliable and flaky, keeping hidden agendas, seeming alarmingly unpredictable. Like if you're not somebody who is very consistent with things or um, is predictable, that can be hard for sixes disregard for planning and preparations doesn't offer support the way that I need it. So it might just be like, it's just not a fit because this type of support, the six needs is different and you're not willing to learn that can be a deal breaker. And finally, thwarting my processing by interrupting my thoughts with band aid solutions, because a lot of the time, like I said, they need to go, Oh no, everything is going bad. And then they even out. Um, but they got to go down to the depths, figure out all the stuff out, explore down there first. And then they'll be like, okay, this is how things are going to go, and it's going to be okay. And last but not least, we have our friends type sevens. So the main idea is that sevens can't stand when others try to bring them back to reality. For a seven, this is reality. It's just more interesting and stimulating than the version of reality that other people are looking at. And sevens are big, expansive thinkers, but they're also cerebral and they can be more sensitive than they let on. In my notes, I have disregard this at the peril of your relationship, but but really like sevens can get really frustrated with feeling like everyone else just assumes that they are just these like fluffy, silly fairies that are, are dancing on clouds. That's not really how sevens are. Um, but sometimes that's the only thing that they let people see until they get a little bit deeper into the relationship, but don't forget that they're cerebral and they, they can be quite sensitive. Okay. This is what they shared on Instagram, shutting down my ideas and excitement, controlling me or holding me back, being close off to new experiences, often dwelling in negativity without an action plan, not allowing space for me to be creative and enjoy myself, being unwilling to celebrate the good and small things in life. Sevens are great at celebrating all those sorts of things. And I love that about sevens because a lot of the time I, f- I forget to do any of that, making decisions for me without my input or without giving me any options, and then disregarding my depth because it's easier to see me as superficial. So those are the oh, no, no's that sevens shared. So Let's talk about three things you can do if you regularly commit these deal breakers. So one, talk about it. I cannot stress this enough, especially if you're watching this and all, and you've heard your partner's type and you're thinking, oh, whoops, I actually do all those things all the time and that's really stressful. But just ask your partner, what are their oh no no's or their relationship deal breakers? Like maybe they're not the ones that were shared for their Enneagram type. So ask what's underneath them for them. For example, if they hit it when people are late, what value does that communicate, or what core concept does it violate for them? So, if they're thinking anytime somebody's late, it means they don't respect me. Well, okay, talk about that. You know, that can be a different um, kind of conversation than just being like, "Oh, it's it's this one behavior." And then ask, what are your mutual values together in building a relationship you enjoy? In her book, The Book of Boundaries, Melissa Urban has this refrain, you can do it any way you want. So it's really this permission to cultivate whatever you want in your relationship. So it doesn't have to be, we always drive to a party together so we can leave together. It could be, okay, I'm an introvert, they're an extrovert, we're going to drive separately so I can leave when I'm tired and they can stay out all night if that's what they want. Um, So navigating those things, navigating your values and your norms for your specific relationship is super important. Tip number two, um, are these things that bother you about other people or just about yourself? Where can you invite more self-compassion? I think this one is huge. I think this is really important, especially, um, because a lot of us can be very self-critical. And in fact, I do a lot of typing interviews. And when I ask how self-critical are you, (laughs) a lot of the time people say, oh, I'm, I'm pretty self-critical. And it's not always necessarily a bad thing or something to shun. You know, having that internal voice or that internal narrator can actually be helpful. But um, sometimes the things that we can't tolerate in others is actually because we just can't tolerate ourselves. So where can we have more self-compassion? Where can we be like, oh yeah, that's because I'm just a person. Um, and they are also just a person. So um, it's okay that we have these disagreements or oh no no's or something like that. So then in your relationship, are you having some frustration or being really intolerant of um, specific behaviors that mean something to you, but actually when you look at them deeper, it's because you do that same thing, kind of like the example that I shared at the top. Um, So how can you work on that and be a little bit more compassionate and a little bit kinder to yourself? that self-acceptance is going to do more for your relationship than parsing through exactly what each person is doing wrong. Number three is noticing where perfectionism is coming into play in your relationship. This is similar to the the previous one, but I also just want to note that um, sometimes we have things that annoy us or that we're intolerant of in our relationships, and we get really frustrated about them, of course, and maybe they're annoying, but not actually harming anything or not actually a detriment to your relationship. So where can you just bring more understanding and more empathy for your partner and how they are and how they operate in the world? Like they are a whole human being and so are you. And so instead of just playing this perfect role, um, how can you both have a little bit more tolerance and acceptance overall for how you function? Okay, so try it out. See how these actually work and try them on precise in your relationship. One final caveat here is that this is really for relationships that are healthy. There's no abusive, emotional abusive or verbal abusive or physical abusive dynamic present. And so that's really important to note that all of those things obviously are a big, they're a big deal breaker, right? Um, And if you want a book that's about a lot of different topics like this, um, and has a really great crash course on building a positive, healthy relationship. Check out this one, The Science of Stuck by Britt Frank. And it's a fantastic book. It has a lot of great actionable, practical insights. And I might even do a video on it because I really loved it. So I hope you enjoyed the Relationship Deal Breakers Oh No No's by Enneagram Type. And be sure to share in the comments below what's your big oh no no or deal breaker, et cetera. And I can't wait to hear from you. So. Subscribe, like this video, leave a comment. love to hear from you and see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Enneagram IRL. If you loved the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. This is the easiest way to make sure new people find the show and it's so helpful for a new podcast like this one. If you wanna stay connected, sign up for my email list in the show notes or message me on Instagram at 9typesco to tell me your one big takeaway from today's show. I'd love to hear from you. I know there are a million podcasts you could have been listening to, and I feel so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me. Can't wait to meet you right back here for another episode of Enneagram IRL very soon. The Enneagram in Real Life podcast is a production of Nine Types Co. LLC. It's created and produced by Stephanie Baron-Hall with editing support from Brandon Hall and additional support from Kurtz Collaborations. Thanks to Dr. Dreamchip for our amazing theme song, and you can also check out all of their music on Spotify.